Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Unlimited NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Young. And for tonight's episode, we brought on uh, two guests. Uh, both have been on the pod before, but I uh, want to welcome you gentlemen back. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, you guys want to just say hello for the for the podcast? Hey, I'm a Sim. Hey, everyone. I'm Saudi. And I will welcome in my co-host, uh, Owen, as always. Uh, how's it going? How's it going, everybody? Sorry, I was a bit late. Uh, just came in when I had to. So, uh, how's how's week uh, eight for you guys? What 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 stood out to you? Sorry, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I think, whoever wants to talk and talk. Yeah, no, for sure. I think the thing that stood out to me the most is just how um, just how underwhelming the 49ers offense was. Besides of you know, besides Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy uh, has not been playing great. Uh, I guess another surprising thing is how horrible the Raiders' offense is too, and just how you know badly run of an organization they've been. Um, just you know, not being able to utilize Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, and having zero uh, receptions by the wide receivers in the first half. There's no excuse for that in the NFL. Yeah, you, you got to find a way to get Devon Tams involved, and Jimmy Garoppolo has to find a way to work on his accuracy. Well, he won't be able to do that because he got benched <laughs> for Aiden O'Connell. Uh, yeah, speaking of the Raiders, I mean, like obviously thirteen, like you know, they, they stink. So like, we're they're not we're not going to like talk about them in any positive light on this podcast. Um, but they actually, we when we created like the topics for this episode this was before mcdaniels got fired and their gm got fired and garoppolo got replaced um so i mean it's just i mean you don't want to be a raiders fan i mean that team's been a joke for two decades so i mean they're they're not they're three and five which is like not obviously not a good record but like not a i don't know how they have three wins like they're that that team is just like it's just not good and uh I don't see a scenario where they're good for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, but with that, we'll uh, move to our uh, week eight headline, which is the uh, trade deadline. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the trade deadline and what moves were made and kind of like maybe give like a team that won and, te- and maybe a team that lost from the trade deadline. I'll start, I'll start with this one. So some more notable trades you have, the commanders kind of have a bit of having a bit of a fire sale. They're three and five, trading Montez Sweat to the Bears, which that trade doesn't really make sense because the Bears stink. They're two and six. Like I'm not sure why they're buyers at the trade deadline. The bigger one I think was I think was was sending former second overall pick Chase Young to the 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers. I mean, looked three weeks ago like the best team in football. They're reeling a little bit. They've lost three straight. Need some help defensively. They've been getting gashed a little bit there. So Chase Young adds their already talented front. Uh, you have the Seahawks trading for Leonard Williams. I really like that one. Uh, the Bills acquiring Rasul Douglas from the Packers, which as a Green Bay fan, I understand. We stink. Um, I liked Rasul Douglas a lot, though. Um, but I understand it from the business side. It's just a season like this, we kind of need some veteran leadership. Um, and Rasul Douglas provided that, so I didn't really understand it from that standpoint. Other trades, the, uh, the quarterback trade after Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles, you have Josh Josh Dobbs going to the Vikings. So Saudi as a new quarterback. I mean, uh, you could do worse than Josh Dobbs, I guess. Like he's, uh, I don't know. I mean, so Sa- underwhelming to me. Yeah, it's just like and Saudi, you can speak on the, that trade specifically since it impacts your favorite team. So. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I think Dobbs obviously isn't your cousins. Kirk Cousins was having an MVP like season, um, but you know, I don't think it was worth it for the Vikings organization to give up too much for a replacement quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Josh Do- Joshua Dobbs has been playing. He's been playing fine. He hasn't been playing bad. He hasn't been playing great. He's been playing good. I would say. I mean, especially with what the Cardinals have for a team. Um, he's gotten the job done multiple times. So it's not a bad trade. Um, was it a surprising trade? Yeah, I didn't expect the Vikings to go out and get him. 
I thought we were going to stick with Jaron Hall, but um, we'll see how Jaron Hall does next week um, in our matchup. And, you know, if he does good, then he should have been the starter. If he doesn't do good, then, you know, Dobbs should obviously be the one that uh, starts. Um, but even with Josh, I think with Joshua Dobbs, I think we have a decent chance of his finishing second in the, uh, in the NFC North and hopefully, pinch, you know, clinching like a wild card spot or something. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a few ways you can look at that trade. You can look at it like, oh, the Vikings trade for a death piece. Oh, the Vikings trade for a starter. Oh, the Vikings trade for an already backup, you know, technically with uh, Dobbs backing up Kyler Murray. That was where he was before. So I think it's just kind of overall like a mid-trade, especially uh, what did they give up for him? Forget what they gave up for him. Maybe some draft picks or something. I believe we gave up a sixth and seventh round pick. Oh, uh, even I don't really like that. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I would get, I would give it a C. That's why I'd grade it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, personally, a sim, I'll let you go here in a bit, but I think, I think the best trade was definitely Chase Young with 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, yeah, sure. they're struggling at the moment. They're five and three losers of three straight. They go into their pie. I mean, Chase Young's a really good player. He was playing really good football for Washington this year. Really the best he's played since his rookie year. Did he win Defensive Rookie of the Year? Yes. He did. Yeah, this is the best he's played. 2021. 2020, it was the COVID year. Um, And he's obviously battled a lot of injuries since then. But he's looked really good this year. And he he could be a really good piece for them on the opposite of Nick Bosa. I think the most underrated one, I I love the Seahawks trading for Leonard Williams. Yeah. the Seahawks defense was playing relatively well um, this season for the most part. But, I mean, Leonard Williams, you always try to get better. Like, Leonard Williams makes them better. They're currently first in their division. Um, I really like that one. I really I really like that from the Seahawks. Those are my two favorite ones. If I were to give an A grade, I would give A's to both the Niners and Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I would say for me, the biggest trade kind of going off of what you said, Owen, I think I kind of agree. I think Chase Young over the 49ers is a huge trade. Um, you know, obviously Chase Young and Nick Bosa is going to be pretty, pretty, pretty big duo there on the defensive line, especially to add to their already talented defense. And obviously, you know, these last few weeks haven't gone exactly how they had hoped. Um, obviously the Bengals put up decent points on them and that's not ideal, but in general, this is still a great defense. You know, hopefully they get their stuff figured out in general. Um, and maybe this trade is that difference maker, or at least like motivates them to do a little bit better moving forward. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest trade, especially just stacking a defense that's already just so stacked players. And so we'll see how it actually translates onto the field. But I think that that was the biggest one, in my opinion. It's kind of similar, and we'll move on here in a little bit. In a little bit, it's kind of similar to their trade for Christian McCaffrey last season. Because last year, when they traded for Christian McCaffrey, they were three and three. They just lost by two scores to the Falcons, and they traded for McCaffrey, and they went on a huge run. They won. They got really hot. They won. I believe just one game the rest of the season until making it to the NFC Championship game. So I, I think this trade is kind of similar. And I don't think Chase Young is as good as Christian McCaffrey at his respective position. But, like, it's kind of similar in that regard. Like, we're a really talented team who's at the moment – they were at the beginning of the year. They were the first five weeks. But at this current moment, not playing up to their potential. So, let's get a boost. I mean, the Eagles last week traded for Kevin Byard. Let's try to match that a little bit, you know, and see if we can see if we can right the ship here a little bit and get back to where we were those first five weeks. Moving on to the uh, Week 8 recap, uh, we're going to start off with – uh, somewhat of a surprising outcome game. Uh, we have the Titans uh, pulling out a win over the Atlanta Falcons. I think it was 28 to 23. Um, and the story of this game, in my opinion, is Will Levis, the rookie, showing out in his debut, uh, putting up, I think, four touchdown passes, 280-some uh, yards passing. Um, I feel like that was the big shocker in this game. I, I did not expect him to play that well. Um and I did not expect the Falcons to give up that much production to a rookie. But uh, I want to start off with uh, you guys uh, on this game. Uh, what are your outlooks for both teams going both teams going forward? And some thoughts on this game. 
Yeah, I mean, in general, I think like Will Levis obviously having that start, and I saw a clip. You know, number one, he played great for his new, that first start, but mm-hmm. I saw a clip out there that stated like if you forget why Will Levis was drafted this high, and then it just shows an incredible pass just across the field. Um, and I think that this you know gives a lot of you know momentum for Tennessee. You know, obviously having a losing record up to this point and still having that losing record. So you know, we'll see if that continues to translate. You know, it's going to be really hard for like a young quarterback to consistently just play. Um, up to like that high level, you know, week in and week out. Um, and I think that this win, you know, helps Tennessee more than it hurts Atlanta. Uh, but again, obviously Atlanta not necessarily trending in the right direction, obviously with that loss. But let's just see if that continues with, you know, Will Levis and the performance of the Titans. And Atlanta made a move to uh, bench their starting quarterbacks. I was just about to mention today. Yeah. Uh, Desmond or Desmond Ritter got benched for uh, uh, Taylor Heineke. So, that's not good, but maybe he'll be a, give a boost to him. You know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Heineke he obviously has had a lot of experience, had a lot of experience starting, started a lot of games for Washington the last couple seasons. Um, look, I mean, obviously the, the headline of this game, these are two teams that like Falcons are four and four, Titans are three and four. I don't really expect, to, barring a miracle, I don't really expect either one of these two teams to do anything of legitimate note this year, but it, I think the big headline here is the performance of Will Levis. I mean, all the jokes and all the making fun of him, the draft prospect with putting him the mayonnaise in his coffee and his girlfriend, you know, his girlfriend <laughs> at the draft and uh, eating the banana peel. And, you know, it, everyone like kind of expected him to not play well. Uh, everyone expected him to not be a good quarterback considering he wasn't overly productive at Kentucky and to come in and play like that. in your first performance, I mean, he threw more touchdowns, he threw four touchdowns, Ryan Tannehill had two passing touchdowns in the first six games. Like I, I don't see another reason where Ryan Tannehill should play another snap for the Titans really ever. I, mean, I, I think his run in Tennessee is over, and I think it, it should be Will Levis's. Now he, who knows? He they play Pittsburgh tomorrow night. He could throw four picks tomorrow. Who knows? I'm not going to put him in the Hall of Fame after one game. Very impressive debut performance um, <clears throat> for a team that like, hey, look, the Titans. Like I said, they, they, they needed a little jolt. I mean, they are kind of treading water right now. So we'll see if Levis can give them some their fans something to be a little more excited about. As for the Falcons, I, I think it was the right move to move on from Ritter. I just don't think he was getting the job done. Um, they can win that division. Uh, they're currently leading it right now, and I think Heineke maybe gives them a better shot. Yeah, it seems as if uh, Will Levis is better for DeAndre Hopkins because Hopkins had three touchdown catches. So hopefully going forward, we see more of that because I don't think DeAndre Hopkins was too happy with Ryan Tannehill. So uh, moving on to our second game, uh, we had the Jets uh, going on the road to the Giants and winning 13 to 10 in a defensive slugfest. The Giants did not have a single passing yard in the second half. (laughs) Let let that sink in. (laughs) Uh, This game... (laughs) This game set football back like a hundred years. Oh my! Yeah, it, it, just... it was bad. Like the Giants, they had to go to their backup, well, third string, uh, Tommy DeVito, I, who I did not know was a real person. Yeah, he played at uh, he played at Syracuse, then transferred to uh, what Illinois, I think, in college. So uh, well, it's not looking good for the Giants' offense, to say the least. They they really need Daniel Jones back in the, in the worst way. Do they? I don't think Daniel Jones is good either. But well, you know, <laughs> or or Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Uh, I've always liked Tyrod Taylor. I think the Giants need the season to end. <laughs> I think the Giants just want the season to be over. Yeah, but uh, Saudi, uh, you want to give me give me give me some analysis for this game? I know there's not probably not a lot to take away, but what did you see coming out of this game? And is there any hope for the Giants? And can the Jets make the playoffs? There really isn't much to analyze except that the Giants' QB room is really bad. Um, I don't know. I just feel like what Owen said, Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. He is bad, but I also think at the same time, the Giants' organization has kind of let him down, you know? not being able to protect him and stuff and him get, getting injured so easily because they don't have an offensive line has uh, really hurt him as a player and has probably really um, messed up his confidence. Um, the Jets have won three in a row, um, which, you know, not a lot of people saw coming, especially after Aaron Rodgers got injured, but they've won, they've 
you know, surprisingly won three in a row. And um, who knows, they could make it to the playoffs with uh, Zach Wilson's quarterback. Um, and, you know, once they do, who knows, maybe Aaron Rodgers will be back. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I that's what I think. That that's good. Um, I think people are like falling in love with Zach Wilson too much. I think he's been playing well, but I don't think he's been playing average quarterback. Play. I don't think he needs to play well though. Like, yeah. I think he yeah, all he needs to, and on, he was largely very bad in this game. I mean, they scored, they had seven points at one point. They were, I mean they were losing a game if not for the Giants just malfunctioning at the end of the game with Brian Dable making that idiotic de- decision to kick a field goal, them giving up however many yards to allow the Jets to get into field goal range to tie the game. Like The Giants lost this game more than the Jets won this game. Give credit to Wilson for leading that game-tying drive. Um, but, I mean, the Jets' defense is so good that, like, Wilson really just needs to just – be a guy. Be he, mediocre. He just needs to manage the game and not actively lose them the game. And I think they can get in the I mean, They're four and three. They've won three in a row. They've already gotten past the hardest part of their schedule. Like I, I I'd be I'd be in a good place if I was a Jets fan right now. Especially there's rumors that Aaron Rodgers could come back this year. I'm not sure how legitimate that is. Um he's gonna try to. So we'll see what happens there. Um but all the the Jets won this game. It's, this is a win and get on the bus type of game for the Jets. Get out of town. And the yeah, and the Giants trotting out Joe Pesci from Goodfellas at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, yeah, just not not a good season for a team that won a playoff game last year. Um, I predict them to make playoffs this year. Back back to their standard, what largely has been their standard in recent years this season. Uh, what what are your thoughts on the quarterback situation, Asim? Yeah, I mean, it's really not looking good at all. I mean, in general, they threw 14 passes total in an NFL game, right, modern NFL, and with six of those being completed. And so below 50% completion percentage for both quarterbacks combined, and it's just, like, not a good sight. And, you know, the, the, the New York Giants had to rush for, again, 52 carries with 36 of those going to Saquon. So, I mean, like, just a completely unbalanced attack. And I think that this really shows, like, how much they really just don't have a passing game. Um, Just being, number one, reliant on one running back that heavily, but then also just on the run in general, that significantly is just not um, an exciting thing to look at. I think that they're kind of fortunate that the Jets were only able to put up 13 total this entire game with just how minimal their offense is being able to do stuff this entire game. But obviously – that room just looks disastrous, like Saudi said. And, um, you know, their passing game is just really non-existent. So we'll see how that goes moving forward. Um, there's not really much hope, you know. And, you know, maybe, like, again, Saudi said, this season is not necessarily looking the great, um, the best for them moving forward. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, th- I feel like next year is a pivotal year for Dale Jones and the future of his, if he's the franchise quarterback or not. Because if he does not play well next year, does not lead them to a playoff, I think they're probably going to give up on him and they're going to probably draft somebody else. So, I mean, I think the rest of this year's pivotal for Daniel. Jones. That too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's guaranteed to be their starting quarterback next season, despite the contract it'd be, it'd be hard to release him. It'd be a pretty decent cap hit. Not sure what that would be. The exact number of that would be. Um, but he says, it looks like he's going to play against the Raiders on Sunday. So he'll be back. He'll play for the first time since week five. I mean, the giant season is pretty much in the tank, but if Jones, at least plays clo- close to what he did last year. I mean, I think they'll give him at least one more year, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. That there. was my that was my thinking yeah. on that. But uh, moving on to our third and final recap matchup of the week, what many I called this upset. By the way, just going to toot my own horn on on that. I was yes. the only one on the pod to call it. You were, but uh, the jo- the Bengals traveling to San Francisco and beating the 49ers in a score of thirty one to seventeen. In a game that was pretty much dominated by the Bengals, I'd say it, it was not really not this close. Uh, it could have been worse. Uh, you saw Joe Burrow come alive. You saw Jamar Chase come alive. It just feels like the Bengals' offense is finally like hitting on all cylinders, and Joe Burrow looks a lot healthier. Uh, he was scrambling in the pocket a little bit, like moving around a lot, a lot better than he was in weeks past, and. He made that 49ers defense not look very 
they look just kind of average. Um, as for the 49ers, uh, I'm pretty panicked right now on Brock Purdy because these last three weeks, they're 0-3. And Brock Purdy has not played well at all. Now, I don't know if it's all his fault. He's been without a lot of his playmakers, uh, Debo Samuel. Kittle's been hurt, up and down hurt. Uh, and uh, Brandon Ayuk has been hurt too. But I, I am pretty worried about their offense right now. I think their defense will keep them enough in enough games to still be in the race. Like, I'm not fully out on the 49ers yet because of their who their coaching staff is, because of their offensive system, because of their defense. So, Owen, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Bengals and their, their chances going Yeah, forward? I mean, this game, I mean, like I said, I like to give you some credit because with the Bengals, throw back to week four, they lost 27-3 to of the Titans to fall to one and three. I said I was out on them. And said, "Yeah, they're not Super Bowl contenders anymore. Their season. I mean, I think they're going to sneak into the playoffs at best. Just a season from hell from them." And you said you didn't give give up on them, and that looks to be validated. I mean, they're four and three. They've won three straight. Um, they have a big game against the Bills next Sunday night, which we'll get to here in a bit. But as for this game, look, I mean. The, the Bengals just dominated most of this game. I mean, Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow. He looked like, you know, he looked healthy. He was like he made incredible plays in the pocket. Uh, the Bengals offense really just looked like what we've been accustomed to seeing the last two seasons. Um, I'm not completely panicked on the 49ers. I know it does not look good right now. I know they've lost three straight. Um but I still think they're going to win that division. I still think they are contenders to a degree. I am a little concerned about Brock Purdy, though. Um, I think last year, like like you said, Jackson, like I think when he, Brock Purdy came in last year, I, I'm not sure. I, my questions were like how long it would the, his success would sustain, and it looked like it was not a fluke. Those first five games. And it's, he's really just kind of come crashing down to earth. He threw two picks in this game. He threw one terrible interception to Jermaine Pratt, which really was a good play by Pratt. But Purdy just basically like handed him handed him the ball. Um, but look, the Bengals. I was wrong about them. They. I need to learn that they start every year slow because uh, they've done that. <laughs> last few years and they look like they're rant rounding back in form. I'd make the argument they're, they could be a top three team in the AFC with Kansas city and Baltimore. Um, Miami too up there. Yeah. They're up there as well. So like they're, they're back, they're back into form. We'll see how they play against the bills. Um, but the 49ers, I'm not panicked on them yet, but they have some things to figure out. Trading for chase young definitely helps them, but um, they're going to need Purdy to step up for sure. Or else, I'm not going to say go to Sam Darnold. I'm not going to go there yet. Um, but he, they need to get him back to what he was doing those first five weeks. Um, but I'm not going to say – I'm not saying it's over yet. But, like, it's – they need they, they needed this bye week for sure. I would go ahead and say, you know, I think the, one of the biggest things that stands out is obviously, you know, Joe Burrow playing incredibly well. Um, I think he had, like, four incompletions total and throwing over 30 passes. And uh, obviously, Jamar Chase playing incredibly well as well. Uh, but the big thing is, you know, with the 49ers, I think what I mentioned last week, was I feel like the biggest thing that would drive them to this victory, if they were to pull it off, would be having to have their defense step up. And because, I mean, in the last three games straight, Browns, Vikings, and now the Bengals, they've only scored 17 points. And so, you know, give credit to the Bengals. The Bengals put up 31, which is the most that any team has put up on the 49ers all season. I think the second closest was the Rams in week two with 23 points. And so Bengals obviously performed incredible. But again, it does show some concerning signs for the 49ers moving forward. You know, obviously, can they score more than 20 points? Again, 17 and three weeks straight is not necessarily going to win you a lot of football games down the stretch. And so, unfortunately, they just couldn't stop them and couldn't put up points themselves. And so, you know, we'll see how that goes moving forward. And um, yeah. I, I forgot to mention their defense is quietly. If you, I don't know how you guys feel about the this that EPA per play. Um, their defense is kind of quietly below average in EPA per play, which is shocking to me. When I saw, I know they had a rough one 
this past game, but they, they kind of got carved up by Minnesota last Monday night. Um, so like the, you know, the Rams has, could do some things on them. Um, the, even the Cardinals moved the ball on them a little bit. I mean, they not a whole lot, but a little bit, but their defense at this moment is below average in EPA per play, despite all their talent. Um, so I just want, I just, that was, that was, that surprised me. Maybe this game skewed that a little bit. Um, but I was, I was shocked to see that. Yeah. And, and on that note, the Bengals defense has quietly been playing really well the last few weeks um, with performances against the 49ers. Uh, who else do they play? Uh, uh, Seattle and uh, Seattle and Arizona, Arizona. Maybe. Like those are all like middling offenses, but or except for the 49ers. But, and, I mean, Seattle's a good offense, too. Yeah, they have a good offense. Uh, but the, uh, either way, I feel like the Bengals has the Bengals uh, defense has been playing uh, a little bit over their head. Um, but they should be able to keep it going, keep it moving going forward. And we're going to preview their, their next game uh, versus the Bills. Um, moving to our uh, last segment of week eight, we're each going to go around and give our players our player of the week. And I'll start off on this one. Um, I had for my player of the week, I had uh, Jameer uh, Gibbs, who was a running back for the Lions. Big day for the rookie, putting up 26 carries for 152 yards uh, with 5.8 yards per carry and one touchdown. And he also added five receptions for 37 yards. So that's what almost 200 all purpose yards. So it speaks for itself. Uh, the Lions pretty much dominated that game against the Raiders. Um, and Gibbs went off for sure. Kind of like his uh, breakout game, his much awaited breakout game from mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of Lions fans. Uh, he was your pick to win offensive rookie of the year, was he not? Yeah, I and believe he was so. kind of stuck behind. David Montgomery. Yeah, and that's probably not going to change going forward because Dan, Dan Campbell loves David Montgomery for some reason. Yeah, but. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's a good <laughs> running back, but um, the, the, you can see the difference in explosive talent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saudi, you go next. Sure. Uh, my team of the week would probably be C. Lamb. Um, yeah, you know, 12, uh, 12 receptions, 158 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, shredded the Rams defense. Um, he heard them. Yeah, so definitely see the Ram. I think he did the best amongst, I think, all wide receivers last week. But yeah, just a great wide receiver, top 10 guy. Um, yeah, go with him. I feel like CD gets kind of disrespected. Like in that like top flight wide receiver uh, group, he's almost never mentioned with, you know, Diggs, uh, Jefferson, uh, Brown, uh, Chase. He's probably behind them for sure, but he's inserting himself into that top five almost, if not top ten in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I would, yeah, you go. Yeah, I, would, I would go ahead and you know go with um, Burrow for this week. Kind of how I mentioned earlier, I mean, only four incompletions. And again, just overall, just over the last few weeks, just trending the Bengals in just like the right direction has been really impressive to see. Um, and again, over 30 passes with only four incompletions, uh, threw for nearly 300 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. And I think that it was just a great performance overall. And again, against a 49ers defense, who at least historically and in weeks past and in you know years past has been really great. Obviously, maybe as of now, this point of the year, not as strong, but still a great performance, in my opinion, nonetheless. All right. So, Justin, you actually kind of took mine. I was going to go with Burrow. Uh, there's a there's a lot of guys to go this week. You, you Will Levis would be a good one with for his four touchdown debut. Uh, I was considering AJ Brown, who like is on like a historical pace at the moment. I believe he has six straight games with 125 receiving yards. Like that's like all time territory right there. He has essentially been the him and Tyreek Hill. I think have been the two best receivers in football this year. But I'm gonna go with the man who who throws A.J. Brown the football for my award this week, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts this week um, completed 76% of his throws on 38 attempts, 319 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions uh, for a 135.7 passer rating. Um, great day at the office uh, for number one in Philadelphia. He uh, He's actually had a good back-to-back really good games here against Miami and Washington. 
even through a touchdown pass to Julio Jones. Julio Jones caught a touchdown this week, people. I mean, that I did not did not have that on my bingo card going into the season uh, that Julio Jones catch a touchdown for the Eagles. Uh, so great performance from Jalen Hurts. He and the Eagles. Um, Eagles, my Super Bowl prediction, and that's looking pretty valid at the moment, at, at close to the midway point of the season. We both had them, right? Yes, we did. I had them against the Bengals. You had them against uh, uh, the Chiefs. Chiefs, that's right. It can still happen for both of us. Yes. For sure. Still possible. For sure. All right, we're going to move into our Week 9 preview, where we're going to preview three of uh, the more notable games that we see. Um, and Starting off, we're going to talk about the Dolphins and the Chiefs. This is a London game, uh, 8.30 a.m. Central, uh, for all of you mid- Midwesterners. Uh, Saudi, that would be 9.30 for you. Um, I'll start off on this one, I guess. Um, just We'll each go around and give a – give a little bit of a preview and a, and a prediction. Um, initially, I think when people see this game, they're going to think, oh, this is going to be a high-flying offensive shootout. You know, it's the Dolphins and the Chiefs. I'm pretty nervous about the Chiefs' offense right now, if, if I'm yeah, being honest. Yeah, we didn't mention they're, they're laying an egg against the Broncos. Yeah, they got locked up by the Broncos. And, and some 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 that had might have had to do with uh, Mahomes being sick, but – He's still Mahomes, and I still had faith in him to put up numbers. But they they got handled by that Broncos defense, which is quietly improving as well. Um, I don't think they're the worst defense in the league anymore. I think it's probably the Bears, Raiders. It's one of those teams. Yeah. There's some of them. Yeah. Um, But I think the Chiefs' offense is struggling right now, and the Dolphins' offense is just keeping on chugging. Yeah. the Chiefs' defense has been pretty consistent this year. Um, not consistent enough last week with them giving up 24 points to the Broncos. Um, and they gave up eight points the game before versus the Broncos. So there was a 16-point difference there. Maybe that was something like a home field advantage. Uh, Russell Wilson playing okay. Uh, his receivers playing f- good finally for him. Um, and for the Dolphins' defense, they've been playing good too. Uh, they're quietly – pretty good defense this year. They've been playing okay. Um, So something's got to give there. Um, I have more faith in the Dolphins offense right now than I do the Chiefs offense. Um, So having said that, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Dolphins to beat the Chiefs in a somewhat of a low scoring affair, 27 to 24. Okay. Uh, uh, Sim, I'll actually let you go on this one. Uh, I'm going to think about this one a little more. Or one of you two. Right. So, Jack, like you mentioned before, with most people thinking that this is going to be a high-flying offensive fair, I'm probably going to continue to go down that direction, however. I think that, you know, it's going to be very difficult to have back-to-back weeks where, you know, the Chiefs just completely lay an egg offensively. Um, and, I mean, I don't think any of us picked the Chiefs to lose that matchup. And so um, I think that they're going to recover, you know, obviously playing overseas. We're going to see how that factors into it for us. Obviously, it'll be morning time. Um, I think this is going to be a great game. Nonetheless, both teams six and two. Um, and I think the line right now is like minus one for the Kansas City. And so um, I'm really interested to see how this goes. I think this game is going to be higher scoring than we think. Um, I'm going to go ahead and predict a score of 38-34. And I'm going to go with Kansas City in that one. The Chiefs 38, Dolphins 34? Yes. Okay. So as for the Chiefs offense, I just – I think this was just kind of a fluke because if we go back just last week, they just went up and down the field on the Chargers like they were playing Madden for most of the game. Uh, they did stall a little bit in the second half, but they scored how, – how many points they scored in that game? Uh, in uh, The game against the Chargers. The Chargers? In, in two weeks ago, I guess. I believe that was – Scored 38. They scored 31 points. 31. And Mahomes had 430 passing yards. Uh, obviously, he had the flu. I think that, without doubt, impact had an impact on his performance. Um, he's not going to play like that again. Um, I, the most, the biggest aspect of the Chiefs that I'm concerned about is their receiving core. Outside of Kelsey, I mean, Rasheed Rice looks like a good player, the rookie out of SMU. Um, other than that, it's it's just nothing really to write home about. But it's really all, not all that different from the receiving core last year when they won the Super Bowl and had the best offense in the league. I'm not panicking on the Chiefs. I think that was a one-off. Um, 
And as for the Dolphins, and we've talked about it on multiple occasions on this podcast, that they're not the same against good teams. They're not. They unsurprisingly lit up the Patriots, throw a party. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, who who doesn't outside? I mean, come on, like they the Chiefs defense. The Chief, I would make you can make a solid argument. The Chiefs have the best defense in football, and the Dolphins against high. I mean, you can make an argument. I'm not saying they are. You can make an argument. They are. The Dolphins against a high tier of defenses this year that they're just like not doing. They're just they don't have the same firepower that they do. Um, and the Chiefs usually team they're at their best when they're doubted. Like everyone, Stephen A. Smith on first take had like their his top five teams. He didn't have the Chiefs in there. Like oh well, their offense is no good. And then they're gonna usually they come out and then just dominate. The following week it's what they've done it's what the patriots always did when they were great obviously they're not anymore but like during their during their they dynasty run. whenever they'd lose a game everyone freak out like oh is tom brady washed and oh it's over and then they would win the next game by 40 points like it so i don't think the season went by 40 but i think they're gonna win this game i think they're gonna win i'm gonna say 34 to 20 <laughs> 34-24. I'm going to say they win by 10 in this game. Um, which, by this way, it's 24 points would be the most their defense has given up all year. Um, so, I mean, I think Miami's probably the – not probably, definitely the best offense Kansas City faced, has faced up to this point this season. Uh, so this will be a bounce-back game from the Chiefs, and it will be, be business as usual. So, yeah, I'm comfortable with 34-24. Last but not least, Mr. Saudi. Oh, yeah, I just want to emphasize what Owen said. I think the Chiefs will come into this game with a chip on your shoulder because of what the, you know, pundits have said. Um, and now they're probably just going to win the Super Bowl because of that. But that being said, um, I think it'll be kind of a shootout. Uh, I think Miami will compete with them. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Chiefs will win by two scores, maybe one score. Um, I would probably give it like – 35-28 um, with the Chiefs winning in Germany. Okay, so once again, looks like I'm on the lone. I'm on the edge on this one. I'm the only guy picking the upset, but you know what? That's fine because it worked out for me last week. Um, moving on to our second matchup of the week. This one was tough because I was pick, when we were doing the podcast notes, I was picking between Cowboys and Eagles, which is the matchup we're talking about, and Seahawks-Ravens. And Owen convinced me that this game is better, and I agree. We'll touch on Seahawks-Ravens. I mean, that's going to be a really good game. Yeah. Two, two good teams. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. Yeah. But we'll start here. We'll start with uh, Philly and Dallas. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam, I'll start. I'll have you start on this one. Give your prediction and give your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the Eagles have looked strong all year. Seven sitting at seven and one, I think it's going to be very difficult to go ahead and try to take them out, especially the fact that they're going to be playing at home. That's obviously huge. And then Jalen Hurts, obviously coming off of a huge week last week, played incredibly well. I think the Eagles have just way too much momentum going their way for the Dallas Cowboys to upset them in this one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Eagles, and I'm going to go ahead and go with the score prediction of thirty-two to twenty. Philadelphia wins. Okay, okay. So uh, a cover there. Um, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I think the Eagles are really hitting their stride right now on all sides of the ball. Uh, they arguably have their defense is improving um, week by week, even though they give up 31 to no, I was just the commanders. Say, I was just gonna... <laughs> but I still think they're a formidable defense. They're a respectable defense. Yeah. I think it was kind of fluky with Mr. Sam Howell, he's, I mean, he's so up and down. He's, he's lit him up twice this year. They played the Commanders yeah. twice, and they've given up 31 points in both games. Something about a rivalry, you know. Just, I do, yeah. Um, having said that, and I do think that the Eagles' special team unit could be the difference in this one. Um, with with field goals and maybe maybe a kick return here and there, maybe a punt return, something crazy could happen, and that would be the difference in the game. Um, I do, I do like what the Cowboys are doing right now. Last week, they just completely obliterated the Rams, and I don't think any of us would have predicted them to win by twenty-three points. Um, 
their offense was literally just on fire. The, like it, it was. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't really like the Cowboys. I don't really care for them either way. Uh, but it was really no, it's nice to see them play some good offensive football because they've been struggling this year on that side. They've been up and down for sure and disappointing on, on the offensive side this year. Um, but I don't think the Cowboys defense will have enough for Jalen Hurts and all that the Eagles offense has to offer. Um, and it's in Philly. You know, we know the Philadelphia fans are rowdy and they're going to be coming to they're going to be in full force for this game because this is arguably the game of the week. Um, but I'm going to pick the Eagles to win. Uh, let's go 26 to 23 over the Cowboys. All right. Um, well, this is a tough one. I've been I've been going back and forth in this one a lot. I think the Eagles are better than the Cowboys, but it is a rivalry game. Um, so like the cow, like obviously those games, you kind of, that's when you kind of throw records at the window. You have the Eagles at seven, one Dallas at five and two. It is in Philadelphia. Um, so that could create a very tough environment for Dak Prescott and uh, Dallas's offense. Jack, you mentioned like the Eagles defense, how they like improved. They've had their moments this year where they, where they match up to their talent level on that side of the ball, like the game against Miami, the game against the jets, even though they lost, uh, their game against Tampa back in week three. But there's been games like both – they're giving up 31 points to Sam Howell twice. Um, you know, some not great against the Rams. I mean, they, their defense has been mostly good this year, but like it's been – it's had some choppy moments. Um, but their offense, is, I think, is finally really hitting their stride these last couple weeks. Jalen Hurts looking closer to the player he was last year. Coming off, obviously, he's my player of the week. Coming off a four-touchdown performance. I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think both these teams are really good. Um, very, I feel much. I feel better about the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys just – how many blowouts have they had this year? I mean, Giants. A few. They've had a few games where they just blow the doors off of teams. The Eagles are much better than all those teams they've blown the doors off of. Um the giant the last time the Cowboys played a game similar to this was against the 49ers back in week five. And obviously that was just a disaster in every aspect. This will not be that. This this will not this game will not be like that. Uh they I mean they're gonna play better than they did in that game, but I still think they're gonna lose. Um I'm gonna go Philadelphia twenty seven, Dallas twenty one. All right, that that's a good pick. Uh, so so far, we're all uh, with the picking the Eagles. Which I don't blame you guys for that. Saudi, want you uh, finish us off for this game? As much as I don't like the Eagles, um, I think they're just a better team than the Cowboys. Um, you know, they'll their offense is too good. AJ Brown is really hot right now. Um, I think it'll be a close one. I think I think the Eagles will edge out the Cowboys. Like. I want to say, uh, like maybe twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, but yeah, just the Eagles are way too good, and um, they will definitely exploit that touch push that they got going on. Um, not even the Cowboys are going to be able to stop it. So, well, yeah, um, they fumbled on the touch push in the goal line against Washington last week. Like it actually, like yeah, you know, but that <laughs> that was Washington though. That was the fluky play. Did you guys see that play? They ran yeah. the fake touch push. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. they should have saved that for later in the year or the playoffs. Oh yeah, I think um, no one saw that coming. So, like, I mean, as for the matchups, I think Philadelphia match, matches up well with Dallas. I think Dallas's defense is good, very good, but I think their offense can't exploit that. Dallas's offense has potential, has shown its potential at times this year, um, but I think the Eagles' defense, if they're locked in. I mean, they're going to be more, more focused for this game than they were against Washington. I mean, it, like, who you play matters. Like, they care more about the Cowboys than they care about the Commanders. I mean, it's just how it is. So I think the Eagles' defense will play better in this game, which could create some problems for the Cowboys' offense. So, but I, I do think both these teams are really good. I think it will show. It will be a competitive game throughout. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our third and final matchup of the week, the weekend. It's Sunday Night Football. The Bills at the Bengals. Sorry, football, right? I think it's the uh, night, it's the into prime the night. Time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have the Bills traveling to Cincinnati to play the, the Bengals. Uh, both teams are four and three, I believe. 
Bills are five and three. Five and three. Yeah, they just beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Bengals had a bye week. That's right. Yeah. Um. This this is going to be a really close game, in my opinion. This is going to be a, both these teams are arguably even matched, evenly matched at this point. Um, you have two offenses that are playing well right now. Two defenses that are playing okay right now. Um, I I'll start off on this one. Um, I think that Cincinnati, the Bengals' success is going to continue on, um, and I don't think the Bills' defense is one to be scared of. Um, or it, it's going to be the defense that you know sets back the Bengals' offense like they were early in the season. I don't think the Bills' defense is to that level. Uh, and we just saw the Bengals put up points against the Fort Niners' defense, which we thought was top tier. They still might be, but we saw that the no matter who the Bengals play, they have the talent to beat anybody. They have the talent to play with anybody. They have the talent to have a great offensive showing versus any defensive team. Um, I think this is going to continue, and Joe Burrow is going to have another good performance, another solid performance. Um, I do think Josh Allen and the Bills will uh, match them, though. I, I feel like it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, I think the difference in this game could be – I want to see – I want to see the Bills run the ball well. I want to see. I want to see both teams run the ball. I feel like both these teams are very heavily passing teams. Um, I want to see. I want to see the teams kind of run the ball, and whoever runs the ball better might win this game with ball uh, ball control and time possession and keeping the ball out of the each other's offensive hands type thing. Um, I'm kind of rambling, but uh, I want to see both teams run the ball, and I feel like the team that runs the ball better will. Uh, pull out the game because both passing offenses are pretty equal. So having said that, I'm going to pick the Bengals to win this game uh, in a score of 31 to Buffalo 24. All right. I'll let one of you guys take this one. I, I need to think about this one a little more. I'll go ahead and go next. Um, I think, you know, the bills traveling to Cincinnati to play this and with the momentum that Cincinnati has had the last few weeks. And again, Joe Burrow is playing significantly better than the start of the year. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bengals in this one. I think it will be a close one, um, but I do believe that the momentum, momentum is going to continue. I don't necessarily know what this says for um, the Bills this season if they do go ahead and lose this, though. I think that this will have a lot more ramifications for the Bills losing this game than the Bengals losing it, just, again, considering how much more the Bengals have bounced back significantly in these last few weeks. Um, but I do think that the Bills do need this win more than the Bengals do. However, with that being said, I will say that the Bengals do pull it off. I think it will be a tight one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Bengals 24. I'm going to go ahead and say the Bills 20. Okay, Bengals 24, Bills 20. All right. That's a good pick. Saudi, why don't you go next? Yeah, I guess uh, just to emphasize what Asma said, I think the Bengals are coming to this game pretty hot. Um, and I think the Bills were also obviously really, really focused on this game just because I think they're second in the what is it AFC East. Yes, um, the game behind Miami. Yeah. yeah, so they they do need this win for sure. Um, but it might it might it might be a shootout in my opinion. Um, I think I think the Bengals are going to edge out the Bills like thirty eight to thirty five. Okay, I like I like both of you guys bringing up that. This game means more for the Bills. It would be more with a loss and a win, arguably, with how yes. the bounce back for. I think that was a really good point. So, uh, Sam, I was off getting a drink of water. Who did you pick? Did you pick? I picked the Bengals uh, to win twenty-four to twenty. So, all three of you pick Cincinnati. Yeah, well, it's going to be a clean sweep because I'm also picking Cincinnati. Um, obviously, this game is a rematch of last year's divisional game, uh, where the Bengals basically kicked the Bills, you know what, for four quarters. Um. Yeah, I think the Bengals are going to win simply because they're playing better football right now. I mean, they looked awful beginning of the year. They got into their bye. They had a great win against the, coming off a great win against the 49ers. Great performance throughout the game for both sides of the ball. The Bills beat Tampa. They had a bit, a bit of a bounce back win against Tampa to get to five and three. I watched that game though. Like, ugh, they didn't really dominate the game. It didn't really feel. I mean, you never felt like they were going to lose. But, like, watching that game, it just did not feel like a dominant football team. It did not like feel like a team 
that's like ready to go and you know beat a good Cincinnati team, a Cincinnati team that's hitting their stride. Um, so I'm going to take the Bengals. I think it's going to be relatively close. It's going to be closer than the playoff game last last January. So I'm going to say the Bengals win 30-24. Eh, 30-24. 30-24. I'm going to say that. Uh, Predicting the Bills to give 30 points. I, don't, I mean, their defense has been vulnerable at times this year. Um, I mean, they got diced up by Mac Jones. I mean, like their, their defense has been susceptible to giving some plays up, especially with their injuries. So I think the Bengals could score 30 points for the second straight game. Um, and it's probably, I mean, I think it means a lot for both of them because if Cincinnati loses, they drop to four and four. If Bills lose, they drop to five and four. So, like, I think it's a, obviously, even out of this game, there's a lot of season left. Um, so it would not kill either one of their seasons. Um, but it means a lot for both of them. It's in Cincinnati, um, so I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bengals just because I feel better about them at this current moment. Um, so just going to hit on uh, another game really quick. Won't say too much about it. Uh, the Seahawks are going to be traveling to uh, Baltimore to play the Ravens. Uh, that was another honorable mention game. Um, that should be really, another really good game. Um, my early read would be that I would pick the the Ravens. You probably you're gonna you'd probably pick the Ravens too. I would I would pick the Ravens. Yes. Yeah. I think Seattle's good, um, but I I think I like the way the Ravens. I would not be surprised if Seattle wins. By the way, I yeah. think this game's kind of a toss up. I think these two, I think the Ravens are better, um, but I don't. I think Seattle's a good football team. I think it will be a competitive game, but I will I will reluctantly take the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that that's just to give our quick thoughts on that game. Um, should be a good game as well. But arguably, this might be the best week of games. Oh my goodness! For yeah, sure. that we've seen a lot better than last week because you know last week I mean, we we recapped a Jets Giants game. I mean, it kind of tells you a lot you need to know about some of the quality of football last week. Well, it was a bad week. I mean, you have some Saudi. So I'm sorry about Kirk Cousins. That that just that's really unfortunate. I gained a lot of respect for him watching that mm-hmm. that quarterback documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like, seems like yes. a great competitor. Super unfortunate. Um, yeah. Now, as a Vikings fan, I'll ask you this: Was that his last play as a Viking? No, I don't think it was. He needs to be back next season. I think he'll be back. Yeah. Uh, even if we tank um, and draft Caleb Williams or whatever. You know, I think I think Kirk Cousins will at least start off the season. Um, you know, if anything, so I don't think it's his last time playing. Yeah, I, I really I really like Kirk Cousins. He's a good dude. You know, people clown him all the time. People make fun of him, but I think people have gained more respect for him. Yeah, uh, recently, I think that that quarterback thing is a uh, yeah made a lot of people have some a lot of respect for him. I've watched it too. It's pretty good. Uh, but uh, moving on to our. Uh, Last segment of the of the pod. We're each going to give uh, our top three disappointing teams and our top three surprising teams. You don't have to rank them. I personally did not rank them. But just kind of give three teams on each side of who is disappointed, who is surprised, given their expectations coming into the year. Um, and I'll go first on this one. Um, for, my, for, for my disappointing teams, I have the Bengals, the Packers, and the Chargers. And you're probably asking why I have the Bengals in there, right? I think they're, they've been disappointing uh, given their expectation coming to the year. Uh, I, did, I didn't think anyone expected them to be uh, four and four. Uh, I think people had expectations of being six and two, four, seven, four and three. They're four. I keep messing it up. Sorry. Uh, regardless, people had higher expectations of them coming off the year that they had last year. Uh, so I've been, I think they've been a little bit disappointing in that respect. Packers. You don't really have to say much about that. Uh, you probably agree with me on that one. Yeah. Um, even given their quarterback situation and Jordan Love's first year as being a starter, I expected more out of them. Chargers, arguably the most disappointing team, underachieving team in football every single year in the NFL for the last 10 years uh, since Philip Rivers left <laughs> and took them to the playoffs many times. Um, as for my surprising teams, I have the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Ravens. And you're probably asking, why do you have the Ravens in there? Oh, well, because the Ravens have been like 
very, very solid this year. Very good defense, very good offense. Lamar Jackson is playing at, at arguably an MVP level right now. Um, I expected a little bit less from them. I expect them to be good, but not not great. They've been great this year. Like, let's be real. They're they're a top three team in the AFC. Um, as for the Jaguars and the Texans, I'd both put these teams almost equal, um, not in terms of uh, how they, their uh, quality of their team, but in terms of my expectations for them. Um, I did not expect the Texans to be this good at all, um, especially with their quarterback uh, question. But that has been solved this year with, with C.J. Stroud clearly becoming their franchise quarterback they, that they've needed for a while um, since Deshaun Watson left. But uh, their their stock is definitely increasing, even though they lost the Panthers. Um, don't take much into that game. But uh, as for the Jaguars, um, they've been really solid too this year. Like Much like the Ravens, They've been really solid. Not the toughest of schedules, I'd say, but they've been solid. Trevor Lawrence has been playing good. Their defense has been playing solid, uh, holding the Steelers to 10 points last week. Um, I I have high hopes for the, the Jaguars this year and finishing out as arguably that division leader in the AFC uh, South. All right, I'll go next, I guess. So my top three disappointing teams, I would have, I mean, I would have definitely had the Bengals if we did this segment, you know, earlier in the year. I'm not going to put them there anymore. I think overall, if you look at the overall season through the first eight weeks, they have been disappointing given their expectations, but they are finding their stride. So I did not include them. I did not put them here. Um, So my top three disappointing teams are the Chargers, the Packers, and there's one more. Um, the Chargers, the Packers, and... What about the Rams? It's not the Rams. No. I, the Rams would have been surprising if we did this two weeks ago. They're kind of spiraling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, playing up to their... Oh, oh, it was the Saints. It was, so, yeah, it was... I just remember, it was the Chargers, the Packers, and the Saints. Uh, the Chargers, Jack kind of hit it on the nose. Every year they have expectations... Every year they fail to meet them. I had them going to the playoffs. I should have known better. I mean, they beat the Bears on Sunday night. I frankly don't care. Um, they're just they're just who they are. I mean, they're just – I mean, it's just some, – sometimes it's injuries. Sometimes it's bad luck. This year I just don't think they're that good. It's definitely, um, it's definitely coaching. Coaching. Their yeah. coaching's terrible. It's just uh, – I mean, Herbert's good. Herbert's very good. But – Not enough supporting cast. Yeah, it's – They've had a lot of injuries. At the I mean, you, you could too. put the Chargers in this segment for basically at <laughs> any year, most years of the last decade plus. Uh, I also have the Packers. Look, I did not expect the Packers to be. I'm a Packers fan. I did not expect them to be great this year. I really didn't expect them to be good this year. I expected them to be like mediocre, five, like eight wins, like eight and nine. Um, I did not expect them to be two and five and not score a touchdown in the first half since week two. I did not expect that either. Um, Jordan Love, I just, I just, it's not all on him, but I, I just don't really see it. I'm not sure like what he does great, uh, but he has ten games left, so we'll see. I'll get, we'll give him the last ten games. We'll so see how he does. Um, I'm not giving completely giving up on him quite yet, but it, it's been a rough stretch. And I had the Saints. Uh, they did beat the Colts last week. They're four and four. But I had them winning the division. I had them actually getting the number one seed in the NFC because of how bad their division is and how weak their schedule largely is. Um, they could still win that division, but that's not really saying a whole lot. Uh, their offense got it together. Maybe they're finding their stride, but for the majority of the season's been a mess. Um, but we'll we'll see how we'll see how the rest of the season goes up goes for them. But up to this point, they've been disappointing. My surprising teams, I have also the Texans. I also have the Ravens, and I had the Texans, Ravens. Oh, and the Jets. The Jets. Uh, the Texans. They're three and four, but like given their expectations, I think that's good. I think CJ Stroud really exceeded the expectations. He'd be my vote for Rookie of the Year at this point. I expected the Ravens to be good. I did not expect them to be a top five team in the league, which I think you can make a good case they are. And as for the Jets, I don't think anyone would have expected them to be four and three firmly in the playoff picture after Aaron Rodgers went down with Zach Wilson under center. Great job by their defense. 
Got to give a lot of credit credit to Robert Sala and that coaching staff for keeping that team afloat, especially after starting their one and three start. Um, so they're I would put them in the surprising category as well. All right, I'll go ahead and go next. So for my three disappointing teams to start, I'll go ahead and say the Bears, Broncos, and 49ers. So with the Bears, um, the biggest thing here is this is Justin Fields, I believe, third year now in the NFL. Um, And I was really hoping to see that maybe this third year would be that large gap and improvement and that just huge jump onto that next level. But, you know, this year has obviously been extremely disappointing and for the entire organization, not as obviously on Justin Fields, but it just does not seem like that situation is working, you know, very well. And for a guy who has literally been the top quarterback, I think second quarterback in his class out of high school behind Trevor Lawrence and also second quarterback, um, in my opinion, skill-wise coming out of college that year, um, just to see it not necessarily translate into the NFL is not necessarily exciting. In terms of the Broncos, that one's next. I thought the Broncos would be a little bit better this year. Uh, second year under Russell Wilson. Um, you know, obviously newer coach, but I just, I I mean, three and five, obviously they had a huge win, obviously over, you know, the chiefs, which I hope that that's going to continue to trend them in the right direction. Uh, but right now just sitting near the bottom of the AFC, um, at least for my expectations of them for the beginning of the season, it's still disappointing, but there's still plenty of time for them to turn that around to see where that goes. The third disappointing team would be the 49ers. Um, again, they're just, the last few weeks have just not necessarily been excellent. They've had the most points put up on them all year. Um, in last week's matchup. And again, obviously, Bengals trending in the right direction against them is not necessarily um, the team that they wanted to hopefully see. But again, not necessarily looking good for them. And then again, not being able to score over 20 points over the last three games straight is, again, not a very exciting thing. So the 49ers wrap up my last disappointing team. In terms of the surprising teams for me, I'm going to go ahead and say for number one, I'm going to go ahead and say go with the Jets. They're sitting at four and three, so not anything like incredible. But again, with Aaron Rodgers' injury just right off the bat in the first game, just not something I would have expected the rest of the way. I thought that they would have a much worse record at this point of the year, um, but they're looking a lot better than I would have ever expected. The second one, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Texans. Again, like you guys mentioned a second ago, uh, Texans, not necessarily any huge expectations for them. They're only three and four, which, again, not incredible. But coming back from having the number two pick overall, and then again, C.J. Stroud playing out of his mind for a rookie, um, and again, for me too, as Owen stated, I would say that um, CJ Stroud would have my vote for rookie of the year so far. So I think they're doing better than expected. I think CJ Stroud's doing a little bit better than I expected. And so I'm going to go ahead and say surprising there. And the last surprising team for me is going to be the Jaguars. They're tied for first for the best record in the AFC currently. And I would have expected them to play better. I mean, last year showed that Trevor Lawrence, and even the year before, that Trevor Lawrence was starting to become a better NFL quarterback as he gained a little bit more experience in the NFL. Obviously, a guy with incredible talent. Um, he's leading his team to a 6-2 and two record here um, right after week eight. And so I think they're doing a great job there. And again, tied for the best record in the AFC uh, currently um, in a four five-way tie, actually. And so we'll see how that continues to go for them. But again, doing a little bit better than I thought, despite me knowing that they'd probably do at least decent this year. Cool. I'll go. Um, I think... The three most disappointing teams, I'll start the Patriots. Um, just not playing good. One loss. I think their last one was against the Bills, right? Jack? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a surprising win. But overall, man, like having Bill Belichick as a coach, you know, he hasn't had a winning record since Tom Brady left. So they just, you know, continue to disappoint. And, you know, if this trend keeps going, um, you know, who knows? Bill Belichick not, might not be their coach. Um, at the end of this season or the end of next season. Um, so who knows? Uh, Raiders, you know, don't really need to say much more than what's going on. They've had two losses in a row, had that horrible passing game last game against the uh, Lions. Um, just quarterback room is on fire right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the player he used to be. Um, so Raiders Obviously. just continue to disappoint. Saudi, did you say the quarterback room is on fire, like in a bad way? Yeah. Okay. In a bad way. <laughs> yep. Good, good. And then third, third uh, 49ers, again, Brock Purdy just needs to play better. Um, he needs to be, you know, we're not seeing that Brock Purdy we saw last year that uh, took the 49ers so far until he got hurt. Um, and, you know, their defense can only do so much. So 
uh, 49ers is for third most disappointing team and then for the surprising team and I'm actually going to put this in order my most surprising team is the Jaguars they've won five in a row after starting I think 0-2 um, if I'm correct um, that seems right they've been playing, they've been playing great um, you know I really kind of was like I don't think I was I was thinking is Travis sorry is Trevor Lawrence the guy for the Jags and Sure enough, he, he's a franchise quarterback, I think. Um, they've been playing great. They have, they have a good offense, good coaching staff, um, good defense. Um, they might be able to make some sort of run in the playoff if, if they keep this trend um, going. They, they're my dark horse, I would say, for, the, for this year. Um, Baltimore would be my second most surprising team. They've won three in a row. Um, I think Jack, you alluded to it earlier. Um, Lamar Jackson's having like an MVP type year. Um, I would agree with you. He's been playing great, and I think they're going to be winning four in a row after they uh, win against Seattle. Um, that's my pick, at least. And then third most surprising team. I think we've all had this with the New York Jets. They've won three in a row without Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson's been playing okay, um, and who knows? They can make a run for the playoffs as well. Okay, those those are some good good picks there. Uh, after hearing all your guys' analysis, I would definitely put the Jets in my more surprising tier over the uh, – I think I had the uh, um, the Texans. I think the Jets have been definitely more surprising than the Texans uh, given what Aaron Rodgers – you know, his injury status at the end of the year – or at the beginning of the year. I, I don't think any of us thought that they would be still in the hunt at this point. So, uh, so yeah, that, that was good. Um, Owen, do you have any uh, you have any final thoughts or? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I consider the 49ers, If, if we're just doing the, the last three weeks, the 49ers for sure. But like, we have to look at the totality of the season. Um, I understand the 49ers being there for sure. Um, uh, but like, we were talking about them being the best team in football just as recently as three weeks ago. So I'm not going to overreact too much. Um, but I, I, I largely agree with most of the most of the selections here. I mean, I think, but I, I think. Well, this year, a lot of the team, most it was kind of hard because most teams that we expected to be good are good, and most teams that we expected to be bad are bad. So it was a little harder than it would have been last year, where there were some teams that were good the previous year and stunk last year. So, so it's different this year. Um, but like as usual, there's always teams that better than expected and don't meet expectations, even if those expectations aren't entire super high. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to be uh, a wrap for this uh, episode. Uh, Saudi SM, once again, we appreciate you coming on and giving us your insight. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. That's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Unlimited NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson Young, and we will see you next time.